Laura McCoy, Curator of Natural History at Manx National Heritage. We haven't had this exhibition for quite some time. I think the last time we had it was possibly 2012, 2013, um, where my predecessor Kate Hawkins um, curated it last time. And so yes, it was just decided this is such a popular exhibition, um, let's see if we can get it to the island. And um, I was very fortunate to, to get to put it up and well, you know, with, with the exhibition team and uh, yeah, it's just wonderful. Because I was thinking, I, I remember seeing a similar exhibition with the wildlife photographers before, but yeah, your memory plays tricks after all. I'm thinking, I'm sure it was a few years back now, but yeah. it was 2000, what was it? 12 or 13. Oh my yeah, Lord. And <laughs> yeah. So it's, it covers basically all aspects of, of nature. We're not just talking obviously on the Isle of Man here. This is some of the best photographers in the business from around the globe? Yes, I think there's something like um, photographers contributing from over 90 countries, I think. Um, there, are, there are 100 images um, and they represent all the groups, so, you know, plants, animals, um, insects, mammals, um, fish, birds, and... Um, it's just a, just the breadth of the animal and all natural world, basically. And there's some really um, Im there's images here which really took a lot of work to take. You know, things like diving under the um, ice in the Antarctic, or going to incredibly remote places, or putting yourself in situations which is very difficult, like you know, in the middle of a tree canopy at midnight and, and things like that. So um, yes, people have certainly gone above and beyond. So was it difficult to curate? I mean, is, is there basically a set number of pictures or photographs you have to put out? Or do you have to choose yourself for the exhibition here? So it's a touring exhibition from the Natural History Museum. So it's actually quite strict in the way that it's laid out and, um, and the groupings. And so there's, um, you do have a certain leeway, obviously, because everybody's, because it's a touring exhibition, everybody's space will be different. So you've got your own issues to deal with with the space that you're in. Um, and so I had a little bit of freedom in that sense but because of the way that the images are um, put together and um, the subject matters that they broach um, you know you try to make a, st a story or at least it's a, a flow that makes sense. And I think that's very much the case I and mean, we were just having a quick wander around here today and it is I mean they say every picture has a thousand words but there are actually stories attached and details of the photo photographs being taken but some of them really do paint it's not all just about everything there are some lovely cute and cuddly ones but an awful lot of ones which really paint a picture of perhaps the way that mankind relates to the natural world on a global scale now. Yes um, I think that's what's um, powerful about this exhibition is that it does show incredible things that you will have never seen before um, aspects of the natural world which you know most of us will probably never see um, because they're unusual or in difficult places but it also shows difficult things so it will show the impact that man is having on the world um, or it will just show relationships um, between animals or interactions in the natural world that maybe we're not used to seeing that perhaps are a little bit surprising or you know a bit gory or something but 
important for us to know about. Um, and, and I think that's one of the things that I love about this exhibition is the, are the stories, that's what makes them stand out because you know, you can have lots of incredible images and they'll be impactful in and of themselves, but to have those stories that really bring them to life and, and give them so much more meaning, you know, that's what I really like about it. We can't really do it justice going around just a little chat here today, but let's just take a look here where in the underwater section, and one, certainly when I came in, one which catches your eye straight off, because it's, as you say, these are all photographs, there are stories attached to all of them, but without a doubt there's this sort of artistic beauty in a lot of them, and you see this one above of the <coughs> melting moments, I think it's called, and it's just of a, a leopard seal. You'd swear, when you look at it, that it's actually something, either a pastel or a watercolour. It just looks for all the world like a painting rather than a mm. picture, an actual photograph. Yes, just the way that the photographer has, has framed the leopard seal, you know, surrounded by ice and water, um, and it's sort of looking off into the distance. Maybe it's heard something. Uh, it's, yes, it is, it's quite magical, it sort of, it's hard to try and transport yourself into where he was and what it was like for being under the ice because obviously, you know, he's diving in the Antarctic um, with incredibly thick scuba gear and, uh, you know, I mean, extreme, an extreme image and a beautiful one, haunting almost. It is totally. And then this one down bottom left, again, we hear so much about pollution and we know that there is issues with pollution in the seas around the world and in lakes and such like, but the one of the salmon here is incredible because it is so incredibly clear. Yes. You would think they were just sort of laid out in fresh air. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, the clarity of the, the water. So the images of uh, two salmon interacting, mating, um, and then, but there's the reflection in, in the surface of the water above them. And it's, it's so, um, I mean, it could be blown, the, the image is so clear, it could be blown up a hundred times and it would just be absolutely pinpoint. It's, it's really stunning. It is. Just to the left of that, another one which caught my eye when I just had a quick look around. Again, it's actually very artistic and amazing picture, mm. which tells a very sad tale. And that mm. when you look at it, it's a whale, and you think there's something, it could be a stream of bubbles, and then you start to read about it. And it's actual fishing net, and there's a free diver attached behind. And again, it just sort of highlights the plight that some of these animals face. Mm. Well, I think, I think the trouble is, is that man is very untidy, um, uh, particularly in the sea where, you know, often we're unaware of, you know, because we're not seeing it on a day-to-day -day basis like we would if there was litter in the streets, you know, we don't really think about it, but, you know, marine pollution is a very serious thing. And, um, yes, I mean, this uh, free diver has been battling to try and remove this netting from the um, the mouth of this whale, and, um, and I think that they were under the water for quite some time, uh, you know, trying to do it and, and trying to breathe with the whale to kind of, um, you know, come up and when it was coming up and, um, but it, uh, they, it says in the description that they, they never managed to free the whale of the netting, which is, you know, obviously quite heartbreaking because then you wonder about the future of that animal. Um, because of course we see lots of videos online which are heartwarming where people have managed to free the whale or the shark, whale shark or, you know, something from, um, that debris um, and you think oh great but that's obviously the good ones we don't see all of the thousands of ones which don't and the repercussions of that exactly so and then again a black and white one next door to that with an amazing thing loads of jellyfish and one dead 
and mostly decayed and eaten seal and then a live one above it. The one that caught my eye next to that as well just gives you this idea of, again, it, it comes back to the how we live with nature and we all know we go fishing, but it's just like hundreds and hundreds of, I think they're marlin laid out, really massive fish. And this is just in one tiny area and this is like one day's catch. Mm. Um, yeah, so there's a mixture, I think, of marlin and sailfish. I think um, it's also important to understand you know because of the structure of the ecosystem in um in this in, in the sea um what you're seeing there um is the equivalent of land-based tigers so if you saw tigers you know thousands of tigers laid up you'd perhaps have a bit more of an intuitive grasp of the impact of that um death because you know um how widely spaced tigers are and um, how how many animals need to and, and the health of an ecosystem to be able to support a tiger because they are a, a top predator um, and yeah and many of these fish like you know tuna sailfish marlin you know they are predators they need a very healthy sea to um, support a, a good population um, and when you take one of those out um, it has big repercussions it's the same with sharks you know the way that we that there are thousands and thousands of sharks killed every day for their fins um, you know and they just chop the fins off and then just dump the shark back in the sea to drown um, that's actually starting to have a, a, an impact on our oceans because if you, you know, everything is a web and, you know, you pull one string and it knocks everything else out. And so, yeah, it's, it's kind of to try and get people's heads around the amount of stuff that we're extracting and the impact that we're having. Absolutely, and I think that's just in my brief look around today, as well as the amazing skill of the photographers and the beauty of some of them, it does really highlight this, as you say, this thing about sustainability and how, yeah, we've got to live on the planet, but there's got to be a better way in a lot of cases of how we can live with all these amazing creatures. Mm. I mean, what you hope from an exhibition like this is that, um, you know, we're, we're hoping that or trying to em emote people to uh, care more, but to um, also understand their place um, in how it all interlinks together and how fragile it is. Um, it, it's, uh, I think the trouble is, is that um, the Earth is a, is a huge thing, so it's taking a long time to die. So, and when you're in the middle of it, you know, it's not like a, being hit by a car. Um, you know, it's like a tree that might have a, a tight, you know, a little mushroom at the base of it. And you think, oh, you know, oh, lovely tree, not knowing that that mushroom at the bottom means that that tree's had it. And, you know, but it might take a hundred years for that tree to die eventually. Um, but it's dying. And, you know, but if you, magnify the earth in the same way you know what we are doing is the equivalent um but because it's like a death of a thousand cuts you don't fully appreciate it until it's too late absolutely let's just go over because i know i just asked you beforehand which picture perhaps spoke to you the most as the curator of the exhibition actually here and you pointed out this one on the other side of the gallery away from the marine section under uh, amphibians and reptiles and invertebrates and uh it's an amazing picture, beautiful picture with a flash taken at night, uh, some gorgeous looking orchids and a moth. Give us the story behind that. 
Well, this, this really struck me because um, this was something that I learned about when I was a student um, quite a long time ago. <laughs> Ten years. Uh, yeah. Oh, you splatterer. <laughs> and um, this image, so we, I learned about these orchids. These orchids um, are found up in a tree canopy. Um, they were first observed or reported on by Darwin um, and he predicted all that time ago that there would be um, a, a creature, probably a moth or a bird or something or a bat that was specially adapted to feed on that orchid because it has a very long nectary in, in the flower as in the, the, a very long tube in which the nectar is deposited and to be able to access that nectar you would have to have a very long tongue or a way of, of getting at it and so he said oh there must be something out there we I don't know what it is yet but there must be something out there that can feed on it otherwise there would be no reason for that orchid to be that shape um, and of course not Obviously, in modern terms, you think, oh, yes, of course, but obviously back then, what he was predicting or what he was saying was actually quite a, a, a leap of intuition because that's not something that people would really think about back then. Um, and then, of course, um, because it's an orchid up in a, a tree canopy somewhere very remote, um, nobody found that thing. Um, and even when I was a student, um, nobody still had seen anything specifically feeding on these orchids. Um, and so it was only recently that it was discovered that it's a, a type of moth that feeds on these orchids and um, and then it took even longer for then somebody to actually take a picture of it because if you think that you're you have to haul yourself up in a, in a tree canopy um, at night <laughs> in a remote place there's not many people that maybe have the skill or the patience to do that so this is the first ever image of these moths um, that we now see today so it's quite special. It is amazing and amazing to think that, as you say, it's the first image for something that Darwin was talking about yeah. all that time ago. Equally, again, if you look really close, you pointed out, I didn't even see it, there's a gecko there as well on the mm -hmm. box, so well disguised. Yeah. And I think that just sub sums up again, perhaps one of the other messages you might take from this exhibition and that the myriad of life out there, and I think particularly in some of the microfauna, for everything we know, there's probably about another 10 things we don't know. Or, or a thousand, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just endless. I mean, that's obviously why I love natural history because I'm always learning something new. Um, I'm always seeing something that's breathtaking or surprising or fascinating. Um, and yeah, and it hasn't stopped. Uh, and I hope it never will. <laughs> <laughs>